0: Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzhak Shifman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Today's daf Mitzahas Kama is daf hey. We're going to have four sections in the learning today. First, really, continues with our discussion yesterday. We're going to be pick up discussing the different lists we had of the Avos Nezikin, which was our Mishnah, Rabbi Shaya and Rabbi Chia, and then discuss why they didn't incorporate the others. The second section we're going to deal with is why they each had a number and what the Avos represents in Rabbi Oshaya and Rabbi Chia's lists. The third section we're going to deal with is the characteristic that make it impossible to learn one from the other. As the Mishnah seems to elaborate on, and we'll see that in the Gemara. And then the final point will be that you actually could have learned some from the others, and then we're going to have to understand based on that why it needed to list all of them in the Torah. So let's begin. We're starting the very top, Hayamud Aleph, uh, with the continuum from yesterday. So yesterday we left off, Rabbi Chia had a list of 24 over the list of Rabbi Yosha, which was 13. And we had finished off yesterday saying that Rabbi Chia incorporated things that were knas, penalties, whereas Rabbi Yoshaya in the limited list of 13 only included things that were monetary payments. So the Gemara explains Rabbi Oshaya doesn't include Edim Zomin like Rabbi Chia does because he holds that Edim Zomin is a knas, like Rabbi Akiva, who says if somebody is found to be an Edzomin in one court he runs to another and admits, he actually is innocent, which is the concept of Moda knas Pater. Similarly, Rabbi Yoshea doesn't mention the monetary payments of onis and Mefateh, because we know that there are some associated monetary payments, like Rabbi Chiyah, because those are already included in what he did include, which is Nezik Tzahari, Poshavis, and boshes. Rabbi Yoshea also doesn't include Mitzamah, Medameh, and Menaseh, which are these payments made if you contaminate your, your friend's truma, you mix his chulin with truma Rabi means you worship it for Avodah Zarah, because like this, if Hezek She'enu nekerin, undist- indistinct damage is considered damage, so then that's included in what Rabbi O'Shayah already says is Nezek. If it's not, so then you're only paying for Knas, and Knas was not included in the list of Rabbi O'Shayah. So the Gemara says, well, based on that, Rabbi Chiyah, who includes Nezek, and he also includes these cases, seems to hold that Nezek She'enun, Hezek She'enunikr, Alav Shmei Hezek, and this is a Knas. However, the Gemara says that's not necessarily true. It could be, he holds Hezek She'enunikr is considered a Hezek. He was just including two categories, one where there's a distinct damage, which is included under Nezek, and one where it's an indistinct damage, Amitam, Midam, and Minasech. Moving on to the second section, the Gemara tells us the fact that our Mishnah uses the word, the, the numbers, the number 4, meaning it specifically says 4, so that excludes the list of Rabbi Yashaya. Rabbi states 13 to exclude Rabbi 24. But why does Rabbi write 24? So the Gemara says it excludes two cases, the case of Mosar and Nefagil. So he doesn't include the case of Mosar because that's a damage that is only associated with a dibor, where somebody goes and has properties of a Jew given over to a guy. And mafagel, where a Kohen has the wrong mashava invalidating the korban, since he's not dealing with kachim, so he wasn't included in his list. Now, the use of the word avos in our Mishnah is understandable, because there's toldos. But Rabbi Oshayan or Bichia's cases, they don't have toldos l'charu. These are just different scenarios that you have to pay. So what is it that they use the word avos for? Igmar says to teach us that just like in general, you have to pay when it comes to payments from meitav, the best of your fields, if you decide to pay from the properties. So with these, it will be the same idea. The Gemara says actually this is derived from the fact that the, 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 the Psukim used the words Tachas, Nasina, Yeshalim, and Kesef in the context of all these damagers, which associate all these damagers with the source for Meitav, which is the original four of our Mishnah, which are all compared to, as Rabbinah Chananel explains, actually Shein Varegel, which used the words Meitav, Sadeo, Yeshalim. Moving on to the third section now the bottom of Hayamud Aleph. The Gemara tells us that when our Mishnah was trying to learn one from the other, it means to say as follows. First it says you couldn't learn one of these items from the, for the from the other, that you'd be responsible if it would have only stated one, because you could have refuted based on the strength that one has over the other. Turning to Hayyamud Beis. And then the Mishnah says you also couldn't derive Aish from Shor and Maveh from the other two, Again, because the Gemara said a because Aish does not have Ruachayim, which Shor and Mava do have, which Rashi goes through, explains both according to Rav and Shmuel within the explanation of what Mavah is. Okay, final section of the day now. The Gemara tells us that actually, Rav explains, we could have learned the others, other damages that you would be responsible if you would combine any of the damages with Bor. Because Bor has the characteristic that it doesn't move. It's not dark, it doesn't move. And therefore you could have created a tzad picking any of the other ones with boar, and you would actually be able to derive the other ones, the other damages for responsibility purposes, besides for karen, because karen has a leniency in the sense that it is initially a tam, and then it becomes a muad unlike the others. And some would say, says Rav, you could also derive karen because it's, Chumra of being Kavanah Solah is so strong that it would override its weakness of being initially a Tam. So therefore the Gemara says it must be the Torah wrote each of these that could have been derived otherwise to teach us the unique Halachas associated with each. So what's the unique Halachas? So the reason it writes Karen says as the Gemara is to teach a distinction between its status as a Tam and a Muad, ezek and ezik Shalim. It writes Shane and Regel to exempt in Rosh you the only responsible in those cases if you damage in private domain, the, the, uh, the property of the Nizak. It writes Bor to exempt if a, if a pit broke someone else's kalim, And according to Rabbi Yehuda, it says in that case for killing a person. It writes the Chiyav of Adam in the Torah to teach you that you're Chayiv in four additional payments beyond just the basic payment of Nezek. It writes Eish to teach us that you're exempt for Tamun, meaning if there were some vessels hidden inside of some produce, you wouldn't be responsible for that. And according to Rabbi Yehuda, where you are Chayiv for the Tamun as well, so the Chidosh is that you're also Chayiv turning to Vav aleph for scorching with aish, a plowed field of rocks of your friend, which is logically not something flammable and you shouldn't be responsible for, that would be the Chiddush that the Torah needed to teach us by writing aish. We're stopping here at the top of Vav Muralaf Be'ez HaShem. We'll pick up with Davav tomorrow. In the meantime, everyone have a wonderful day.